Let's go, y'all. Hi, everybody. It is season 10. 10, 10, 10 seasons of Arch Conversations with amazing, beautiful guests. And I wanted to kickstart this season with um, a good friend of mine. Well, I haven't known him that long. But, um, long, uh, technically. Technically, I've <laughs> known him 10 years, but um, I've only started really talking to him the past few months. But I feel like as I grow older, and you are much younger, but as I grow older, when I vibe with someone, it just clicks. And you know, it's like when you know, you know. It's like when you want to get married with friendships. <laughs> That's how I feel. It's a lot easier to find real friendships than real romance. Put it that way. Mm. Anyhow, I digress. So today we have... Hi, I'm Ivan. Ivan. And Ivan is... Wow, it's a long story. Where do we start? Do you want to just jump right into what you do? Sure. Uh, I'm Ivan. I'm the co-founder of Jiggy. Singapore's first favorite only hand heart seltzer. First favorite and only. <laughs> Um, I'm also the co-founder of Jing Botanics, which is an upcoming wellness brand. When you say Jing, do you want to spell that out? J-I-N-G? J-I-N-G, like Jing, spirit. Okay. So today we're going to focus more on Jiggy, but just a quick brief mention on what that is about, because I guess it's something new that you're working on. Yeah, I've been working on it for a while. Um, my background is in beauty, so I've always wanted to get back into beauty. Um, so it's a luxury wellness brand that's inspired by TCM. Uh, completely clean formulations. Our first product is focused on hair. So hair strengthening, scalp rejuvenating, preventing hair growth, hair, hair no? growth okay. preventing hair loss. Yeah. Don't put it in the wrong places. <laughs> or do. Or do, if that's what you're into. Okay, perfect. So let's talk a little bit more about Jiggy. Mm -hmm. um, how did you find yourself down this career path? Yeah, I moved back to Singapore in 2020, after 10 years in New York, um, I was wanting to do something on my own, or that was mine. Uh, I knew that I also wanted to work with friends. Um, so That's something I absolutely don't want to do. I mean, there are a lot of challenges, yeah. and now that I know what I know... Has it, it crushed any friendships yet? I wouldn't say it's crushed friendships, but it's definitely changed friendships. Mm. Um, like, the love that I have or that we have for each other, I think is still there. But when you spend most of your time with the work persona of your friends, or even the work persona of me, I think it does change your friendships. And it's a bit harder to switch back into full friend mode when you need to. I think we both need to understand this. I am, I 100% agree with that because at work, you meet your work people at work. Exactly. And that's who you are at work. Mm -hmm. And to transit from that and bring them into your lives with friends, it's quite difficult. Yeah. And sometimes like when, for example, when my daughter comes to work, good job size or meetings with me, she would be like, mommy, that's your adult voice. Mm. I didn't realize how, how much of a difference there was until yeah. the people I live with at home come along to me at work. And I realized like, hey, why are they talking to me like this in this professional setting? And I don't like it. Yeah. So it's actually really quite difficult yeah. to work with friends. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. No, it's really, it is really point. difficult. And like on like voice switching, because I spend most of my working life in New York, I yeah. also realized that my working voice has like an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> so like yes, that's yes. when I'm like really in work mode. Actually, I'm really like that as well. Like, so coming back from New York, yeah. I wanted to work with friends. Um, so my friend Imran and I, we, 
when we were like in our teens and our early 20s, we used to throw like a lot of parties together. So we were like, should we open a bar? And this is like circuit breaker yeah. pandemic. Yeah. So we were like, that is a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, he had just moved back from Chicago and hard seltzers, alcoholic seltzers were really on like the rise in yes. America. Yes. White Claw, Truly. Um, I had been drinking it for like two years at like house parties, at like concerts, even at bars. Um, and so we were like, it doesn't really exist here. You have Strong Zero, which is like a 9% artificially flavored product. Um, but nothing. And a lot of people it. drink that. A lot of people drink that. Strong Zero is great. Um, but we want not really. I don't really like it, but I mean, <laughs> it, it's okay. I'm not like going to own that. But yes, yes, you like wine, though. I love wine. Yeah, <laughs> but I like yourself so too. We'll go. We'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get, get into that. Um, so we started brewing it ourselves at first, um, and they were pretty bad, uh, pretty nasty tasting. <laughs> not gonna shine. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. Um, but we really just wanted to understand the process because the ingredients are pretty standard. It's just water, yeast, and a sugar. Um, and we found a manufacturer, which was really challenging during COVID because no travel. Um, we found a manufacturer in Cambodia, uh, and we started brewing there. And over eight months, we developed the base formula, uh, as well as the first four, uh, flavors that we launched with. And what were the first four? Obviously, this is the product, if you didn't get it yet. Um, what were the first four flavors that you launched? Yeah, now we have six, but our yeah, first this four... This, this four. Yeah. yeah. These four... Vanna we... White Moment. <laughs> that's right. my whole life. Yeah, go ahead. Um, pink oh, Pomelo. Pink Pomelo, Mango, Black Currant, and Tangerine. Yes. I've actually tried the Pomelo one. Yeah. yeah. And the new flavors are... And we have two new flavors that we just launched two weeks ago. Um, this is white pear and pineapple. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Sorry. I get easily tickled. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. Like, mm. I really want to get to know this because I think why I brought him on was the last time he came to the office, he brought some and I tried them and they taste really clean. It literally tastes like soda. Mm. And I mean, some people love their hot liquors. They're not going to like it. I can mm -hmm. tell you straight I mean, up. I do too. But yeah, but but I think it's great for concerts, house parties, where you're not looking to get hammered and smashed. Yeah. But you still want to get tiny bars and drink something that tastes good, like something you can keep holding and sipping onto yep. and not feel gross or sweaty or like just craving. I don't know about you, but I chase certain alcohols. Like yeah, I chase yeah, yeah, whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't feel like you need to like keep going at it. Yeah. Like, but it's a great party drink. It's a great party drink. And like me and so now I have three other co-founders, Imran and I started working with our other friends, Gordon and JJ, and we're all heavy drinkers. Um, I, I used to be a big fan of like a shot of tequila and a Same. beer. Oh, not beer, but tequila and something else. What was your chaser? Um, Why not? <laughs> more tequila. It's very unfortunate. And like I get crazy on tequila. It's like my party drink. Mm. And if I hold it well, I can have the great buzz the entire night. Yeah. But more often than not, it goes down the other route. Okay. Kind of climbing tables and chairs and yeah, like yeah. making it full of myself. I remember that set. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone does, unfortunately. But um but like, yeah, now I drink wine. Mm -hmm. I have eradicated the problem sometimes. <laughs> Because tequila is the only alcohol that's a stimulant, not a depressant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And vodka, I feel, also makes me feel quite... It's like more like an upper than, than the rest. Yeah. So when he brought up salsa, I was like, oh yeah, let's talk about this on the cast. Because mm -hmm. I've never heard of a local brand. And actually, 
it should be marketed more widely because like what you said, it is made with very transparent products. Mm -hmm. And do you want to get into that a little bit more? Yeah, the ingredients are really, we have four ingredients. It's water, it's uh, sh uh, sugar, we use raw cane sugar uh, and yeast. And then the flavoring is also natural. They're basically dehydrated fruit juice. So it's a fruit juice Easy. extract. Yum. And now we're going to drink some. Yeah. We forgot to open our cans. <laughs> ASMR. Oh, I should have ASMR. How do I? Ah. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> I did it. What do you think? New flavor of your first time, yeah? Um, sorry, I was trying to, I'm trying to start to do the ASMR. I missed it. It's this is way lighter. Yeah. So what I do like, it's really like a sparkly, a flavored sparkling water, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you don't taste any of the weirdness of the alcohol. Yeah, it's like uh, so the way we approach making seltzers, we didn't just want to like copy a white flour, any of the ones that are existing out there. So our American seltzers uh, or Western seltzers tend to be a little uh, bigger in flavor. We went more of the infusion route. Yeah. So everything tastes more natural because they are natural ingredients. Yeah. That might as well taste natural. And also the flavors are more like. Southeast Asian almost, like, yes, you know, yeah. the fruit, yeah. the choices. It's it's very regionally inspired. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of them, when we were developing the flavors, we were kind of thinking about what was nostalgic to us growing up, right? So Pink Pomelo uh, uses, Pink po uses a pomelo, um, but it tastes kind of in the world of 100 plus. So, like, everything tastes like something that you know you, you love. Yeah. Um, and for us, uh, because we lived abroad so for so many years, like we wanted to do something that like celebrated home. So even yeah. this little orangutan. Yeah. Like we wanted to you make... You mean an orangutan. <laughs> orangutan. <laughs> you know, like this was like our little awning. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Me too. With my orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so having worked with your friends and creating this... Mm. How did you then start to market it? Because mm. first of all, I think we cannot undermine creating a product mm -hmm. and a good one at that. Mm -hmm. I think it's good. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and then coming out, the packaging, the, you know, the logo, the color, the identity, everything that you just mentioned yeah. takes a lot of time as well. So yeah. eight months for manufacturing the core product. Yeah. How much longer did it take for branding, identity? The, the total process between that, First inception, finding uh, our other business partners and really forming a team and then getting the product live was almost about a year. Um, it was, we started brewing, I think, Christmas of 2020 at home. Um, and then we launched live November 2021. Um, I'm extremely proud of the business specifically because we didn't use any like agencies or vendors when we first started designing. So none of us are graphic designers. Uh, my business partner, Gordon, is an architect by training. So he has Photoshop and InDesign skills. For sure. Um, and they can render. And can render, which is very <laughs> important. We went through many renders. Yeah. Um, so everything we did ourselves. And um, that was, I think, like part of, I, I don't look back at it and think it was difficult. It was so fun. Mm. What's hard now or, or the challenges now are like... The Getting it out there. Yes, okay. exactly. So that's what we want to get into. Mm. So I'm going to get into your challenges mm. in running this business okay. because marketing is a piece of shit. Mm. Like, so hard. I am... Okay, so 
let's go back to December of 2020 when you just started this business with your friend. Idea. Yeah. The idea. December 2020 was the time that I decided to fully go into what we're sitting in today, mm -hmm. to, into the creative agency. Yeah. Um, I had to make the switch, COVID, deciding to close the shop, my, my then yeah. uh, F&B Little Cafe, into, you know what, like that's not working out. And then sitting down, settling my mind and be like, what are you actually good at? Mm -hmm. What have you actually learned from your failed businesses? Mm -hmm. And I never took it to heart personally. Of course, I'm sad about the closure, mm -hmm. the friends you met, made and the staff and all of that. But what can you actually do with what skills you have? Mm -hmm. And then we decided to, I decided to start um, doing this creative agency properly. And that was December 2020. Mm -hmm. I mean, almost, almost at the same time. And we got this office in January 2021. Amazing. Yeah. So January 2021. No, sorry, January 2022. Yeah. So we actually worked one year underground, literally in my house in the basement. Yeah. Um, and then we decided, okay, you know what? We actually need an office. Yeah. Um, and fast forward to today. So now it's one and a half years in. Mm -hmm. You are three years in, two years in. We are one year in from it being live and two years in from... from okay, so sort of the same. I'm one and a half years in. The first year was a breeze for us mm. in terms of marketing, thanks to my Instagram. Yeah. We had lots of work. Not to be like proud of anything, but I'm very happy that we did. You should be proud. But this year, we kind of hit a wall. Mm. And you know what? We actually start, need to start doing marketing budgets. Right. We need to, you know, factor in like whatever costs that we need to put our brand out there because yeah. social media is great. But then it's only that pool, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many more people in Singapore that I can tap into yeah. for work yeah. and I'm not. And you need growth yeah. your company. So same thing. I wanted to pose this question to you. Like for marketing-wise, okay, first of all, where are you being sold at the moment? Yeah, so right now we sell um, a, a lot online. So direct-to-consumer is a From big your own for website. It. Yeah, drinkjiggy.com. Check us out. Drinkjiggy.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to make it a jiggle. Yeah, a little Then jingle. when it's a jingle, like people remember it better. Yeah, uh, we workshop that lot. <laughs> Drink the little jiggy. Oh, I made it too long, sorry. Drinkjiggy.com. Drinkjiggy.com. <laughs> um, so we sell online. We also sell on Red Mart. Um, we are right now in Little Farms. Um, as well, you can also find us at a bunch of different F&B partners. We are at a bunch of country clubs. We're at Polo Club, Singapore Cricket Club, American Club. Um, it's a great country club drink. It's just cool. At Polo yeah. Club, there's like the games, you know, like... Yeah. Um, where else are we? We are at a couple of bars. Um, our bar partners are great. Cafe TaylorMade um, and their new location that they've just opened up on Cecil Street. Uh, as well as uh, we're, we'll be at Pan Pacific Hotel soon. Um, they're opening Amazing. Well. I didn't know so many channels. The other time when you came, it was like two channels. <laughs> now it sounds like there are 15 channels. No, we have two retail channels yeah. um, and a bunch of F&G partners. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So getting to that, how do you market your brand then? Mm. How do you, you know, set forth and be like, hey, carry my drink and this yeah. is who we are? So I, I think it like, it changed, it's evolved from when we first launched um, and now and Maybe, I think my co-founders might disagree uh, with how I have wrapped the perspective on it. But for me, I left New York from like a big corporate job uh, where I like ran big marketing campaigns and 
really everything was so corporatized and structured and, very and KPIs. Structured. Yeah, and, and KPIs. Oh, so so much of what I wanted to do with Jiggy was like I just want to do like art, you know, like I want to build a brand that has like niche appeal that is focused on building an identity. Um, and then we can layer on everything else on top of that uh, and get more technical with it. So when we first launched, a lot of it was social. Um, very thankful for all the friends who posted and really got the word out there. Um, we didn't really start running paid ads until I'd say like the middle of last year. Uh, and a lot of it was thanks to people posting and really like friends and family just like getting the word out there, right? Like you go to a house party. You bring some. You bring some. And why not? Yeah. Perfect drink. It's the, and back then, the only thing we had were beagle house parties. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and now uh, we are or, or even partway through, um, a lot of it was like knocking on doors. Um, by that really like cold emails, um, trying to get meetings with different partners, different distributors, uh, and figuring out who was right for us. Cause not everybody that says yes is also the right partner for you. Yes. Um, so we also really wanted to build the business uh, to be fully profitable um, as soon as we could make it. So that meant that we weren't going to spend a lot of money on marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and we're really going to put in the, the effort and the hustle to make those relationships happen without spending too much money on it. Um, so yeah, it, it really was just like a lot of door knocking. And now as we have had um, a nice network of, of partners that sell with us, uh, we are focused on expanding those. Uh, while trying to continue to elevate the brand um, and, and really integrate it a little bit more into lifestyle. So we, we just launched a limited edition t-shirt with uh, a local artist, yeah, yeah. New World Plaza, shout out. Um, shout outs. And looking to do uh, more events, looking at different other channels. Some of them are in the works. I mean, talk about those. Yeah. Um, but, but Okay, yeah. so basically what I understand from what you're saying is... Just be shameless. Mm. If you're working for, towards something that you believe in, yeah. have fun with it. Yeah. But of course, be serious about it. Yeah. And don't be afraid to go knock on some doors and be rejected exactly. and reject brands that are just not for you. Yeah. Right? Not, not, it doesn't matter like, if it's going to bring you a lot of money or like it's going to be a really big investment and mm. you just say yes. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and that's really been... I know we're going to get into the challenges, but like the door knocking and the rejection, we've had many more doors not answer us. Yeah. Then the ones that say yes. We've had like a couple of rejections, yeah. like ten, like a sprinkle, but it's mostly the, the cold calling. It's like, you know, it's like, I'm a, if, if you're single and you're like trying to like hit on everybody at the bar and like nobody wants to give you that number, yeah. it's like, yeah. whoa, what's wrong with me? Yeah. You know? So yeah. like, it's the like, it takes a toll. you kind of got to get over your ego. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Because I'm like that. So when we wanted to do cream pie mm. as a studio, like proper, Obviously, I had to go out and start telling people, hey, you know what? I'm actually taking this seriously. Yep. And a lot of people don't take me seriously. So it was hard to like kind of change their minds. Mm. But I guess the work starts to speak for itself. Mm -hmm. And then there's growth. And that's great. Okay, so I want to ask, mm. um, adjacent to that question is, have you heard anything negative being told to you about your career of choice? Like going down this path. Have anyone said anything 
shouldn't be doing that, you know, like you should try and be something else. You want to study in New York, you know, why are you doing this with your, with your life? That type of... Yeah, I think a lot of people, a lot of people when I first moved back to Singapore from New York were really surprised that I left New York. Um, the city will always be my first and like greatest love. Um, and the career that I had in New York kind of gave me the life that I always dreamed of when I was like young and like impressionable. And, exactly. And imagining what like a yellow cab city would be yeah, like. Yeah, with the smoke coming out of the exactly, exactly. fox. And like acting in the turtles are inside. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> um so that was probably the first big question mark that everybody had, but especially during 2020, I lived alone for like 10 years in New York. And as the world was shutting down, I was like, I could make this work. I've made this work for 10 years, but yeah. like, maybe it's time for me to go home. Yeah. You know? Maybe yeah. it's time for me to be with family, to be with a lot of the friends that, that have, I have like deeper hometown relationships with. Um, and then career-wise, I think, you know, honestly, I don't think a lot of my friends were surprised that I was starting this. But I think a lot of people were like, wow, you're really giving up, like, a career. I mean, I was the like... The corporate life. Exactly, the corporate life, the, which is, you know, like a, a golden ladder. But at some point, for me, it felt like golden handcuffs. Yeah. 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 Just feel like stuff. Yeah. So you never really had people come up to you with negative feedback or comments about what you were trying to do with Jiggy or even your new wellness brand? Yeah, I think not really from a career perspective. Yeah. I have a lot of people who have opinions about how the brand or the businesses should be approached. Oh, yeah. We yeah. all have that friend exactly. or friends. Many, many. Yeah. Parents. I just listen. Relatives, yeah. I'm just like, run, then you run lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you do, do la. You do. Oh, what else? Yeah, yeah, so good. Edit to my Excel sheet on Google Sheets that I will never read. Yeah. Yeah. But I think from a identity and like personality standpoint, like running my own business has always been, it always felt like it was in the cards. Right? Mm. Um, and in a way, I think I almost fell into corporate America more than pursued a life in corporate America. Mm. Um, and, and because there was so much upward trajectory it's, and, and, you know, I was doing a good job, it felt like maybe this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. Um, and You were shimmied into it. Literally. Right? Literally. Yeah. And now running my own businesses, uh, you're kind of starting from the bottom. Um, and there are a lot of sharks a lot a lot uh i it's not really like my first run doing my own thing when i was like 20 i had like a tutoring company that's so different that's insane 20 years old and you want to run a tutoring company and you're still getting tutored well like no i was in army but actually i wasn't in army because you're not allowed to moonlight but (laughs) (laughs) it was um you know like we were all partying right yeah and like my parents are super conservative Mm. so my allowance was i see I wasn't allowed to yeah, like spend yeah. any money, yeah. but like I wanted a drink, you know, occasionally buy a bottle. So tutoring was really a, how do I get cash in my pocket? I see. Yeah. Um, and 
like you know this now like you know when you earn your own money and you're buying your own things like it feels so nice yeah um so it always i always felt like i wanted to go back to that and in new york i worked in a couple of startups and and was kind of like in that weave as well um so yeah it, it kind of felt very natural like a good segue amazing and i think in a nutshell whatever you said it's a very good nudge for people who are probably stuck in the same type of jobs mm-hmm. but always dreaming of something else yeah but i always have this thing in my head like if not now then when mm-hmm. but at the same time because we have no you don't have much um liabilities mm-hmm. you know in terms of family and yeah. all that stuff yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. children and stuff and i get it might be quite hard for some people um do you have any advice or just general advice mm. for people wanting to probably leave a big corporate job and start something that's totally out of this world like a self, don't start a salsa company but like <laughs> yeah, no salsa no <laughs> don't compete <laughs> um but you know start something of their own yeah i i don't know if i feel like i am like worthy of giving advice but i think you got to figure out almost exactly like what you said how your life will work before you figure out how the business will work because did i say that well you were you know you were saying that like you people have responsibility oh yeah of course yes 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 yeah and like even as a single man like there are like bills to pay right of course so you you got to like know all right how much money do i have in the bank um and what kind of runway do i have for my life um and then the even more difficult question of how am i going to fund the businesses like what does that business structure look like um so yeah i i think like thinking through how you want your life to look like for 1 to 2 years knowing that you probably won't be taking anything out of the business you know like i said jiggy we meant we built it to be fully profitable but everything we made in year 1 is in the bank for year 2 i yeah. wish i could have taken something out and like gone on a nice trip but it's only what makes sense for the business yes which is only one way to build a business by the way you can totally build a business and like take things out no uh okay, maybe ways. maybe we're conservative because i was quite the same so the money that we made in the first because we started in june i think mm. june 2020 no my timeline's very messed up okay guys i have adhd like <laughs> numbers just don't make sense to me so first year the profits from the first year i didn't touch mm. i mean of course we paid off the staff yeah. what not i didn't touch and then the second actually now in the second year so like after six months then the end of the financial year i took out some money mm. and i bought that ring yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's beautiful <laughs> um, worth it it's and then it. also paid for this office mm-hmm. so that i knew that okay we're not in any debt mm-hmm. i don't know about some people but i'm very afraid of debt yeah you know corporate or personal yeah And once you're in it, you're just never going to dig out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though it's a private limited, and in Singapore, once you bank up your private limited, you are kind of safe. Yeah. But I just couldn't do that to the team or or the supplies and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so I always actually keep extra money in the bank, mm. uh, corporate like the corporate account, yeah. and it's just a buffer. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. Yeah, just in case, like you know, because we're what we're doing, like retail. It's like the the number of cans you sell, literally, mm. and for us, it's like project based. The projects come and they don't. Yeah. Like this year, we have ve- the projects are coming much slower than last year, 
But lucky enough, like I've kept money from the buffer from last year. Yeah. So I don't think that what you're saying is wrong at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like most, especially startups, yeah. should actually keep more savings than be like, hey, you know what? First year we made 200000 Let's take 90% out and keep 10% inside and it's more than enough. Yeah. You know, because it's not going to be able to tide you through, I feel like, maybe. Or maybe we sound really old Asian people. Well, no, and also like in the world that we live in right now with everything that's going on, you kind of need to like plan how are you going to keep your business afloat during this time? But also like the the goal is to get through it and like get bigger and better. Yeah, correct. And then beyond money, which is very important. I think it's also like, why are you doing this? Right? Like figuring out your why um, is very important for me. Like it is about ownership. Uh, It is about creativity. Um, It is a lot of it uh, an antithesis to my corporate career. Uh, but it's also that I moved home to spend time with the people that I love. And so prioritizing time with them is very important to me. Uh, whether that's like being able to go for lunch, you know, and like, doesn't happen every week, but sometimes lunch becomes, should we get a bottle of wine? And it's like, I'm going to remember this. Literally doing a podcast. It's like, those moments are also very important to me and so I wanted to be able to have a career that allows me to do this in this time of my life. The flexibility. Mm -hmm. Um, To add on to that I think that I take my work very seriously Mm -hmm. yes I'm sure you do and I need a space to work because my house is like a zoo (laughs) and also because we do interior design right so a lot of things we have to like look at materials touch them feel them Um, so we have to be present with each other's presence and what we do in this office is we have three of us only, mm-hmm. but we are never serious. Mm. I think that's really important. And also, I think, I don't know about how other people, how other entrepreneurs like run their businesses, but we often do wellness together. Mm-hmm. I highly encourage like going to work out together or mm-hmm. go for a walk or get your nails done or yeah. just something outside of the office. Um, the other day, we moved all our computers and sat here and worked together just to feel really communal. And I feel like these little changes makes the office corporate life less mundane. And I feel like if you have a small office and you can afford to do that, why not? You should. Because when you have a hundred staff, it's really, really hard. Mm. You can't go down to like the lowest. I mean, hi, how is your day today? Let's go for lunch. Then they'll be like, say, did I do something wrong? But I think wherever you can for young businesses and small businesses and startups, I feel like your work family is your, I mean, you spend so much time a week with them. So whatever he just said should also apply Mm -hmm. to corporate structures these days Mm -hmm. and not be like I'm your boss I'm giving you money you do your work and I pay you and you have to be here eight hours and one hour is your lunchtime I feel like that's too rigid for the modern day person Mm -hmm. it should really be about like yes finish your work on time and if you can't make it for our yoga class today don't come Mm -hmm. but at the same time be way more flexible than it used to be Mm -hmm. in the past where it's like there's no there's nothing there's no wellness yeah you can make space for all those more emotional and spiritual things that like we need to get done. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I feel like this company is a very fun place to be in. Is it? <laughs> they, <laughs> they can say no. But um, yeah, I feel like building, I, re, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I listen to podcasts on the way to work. A, a lot of it is about, um, it's on HBR. Mm. And I listen to a lot of entrepreneurs talk and a lot of it's bullshit. 
I bet you guys thought I was going to say it's very light. Um, I feel like run it the run it the way you want to. Yes. But have fun with it. Mm-hmm. You know, have fun with your life. Because it's really only one to live. I know it sounds so cliched. But whatever he said, and I'm fully behind him and I will support his brand and everything because that's what I truly believe in as well. You know, if you keep coming, giving in to the corporate life, that golden rice bowl, you may not achieve what your true calling is. Mm-hmm. And if that's your true calling, great. Anyhow, thanks, Ivan, for coming today. Thanks for having and me. And being so insightful and sharing your story. I really hope that it... Sorry, I lost English. Brain fart. I lost English. <laughs> Anyhow, thank you. Thanks for having me. Drinkjiggy.com.